This is the Barbecue Central Radio Show, which is recorded live each Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Barbecue Central Radio Show is being brought to you by The Barbecue Guru, the original creators of automatic temperature control devices, now offering four different models for you to choose from. Rest easy knowing that The Barbecue Guru is controlling your temperature so you can get on with your life. Visit BBQGuru.com or call 800-288-GURU for more information. And by Fred's Music and Tasty Licks BBQ Supply, your online barbecue and grilling superstore. From cookers to grills, wood chips and chunks, and everything in between, also be sure to try the Tasty Licks barbecue brand of rubs and sauces. Check Fred out online at TastyLicksBBQ.com. And by Stephen DeFranco Jewelers. Located in beautiful Willoughby, Ohio, Stephen DeFranco Jewelers is a family-owned and operated business looking to service the great folks of the barbecue and grilling world. Get free shipping and big discounts by mentioning my name and the term Barbecue Brother. Check out their inventory by visiting stephendefranco.com. And by Butcher Barbecue. With 30 years of experience in retail, wholesale, meat markets, food service, and customer service. Using that experience, everything they do and sell at Butcher's Barbecue comes from real-world knowledge. Check out their award-winning spices, sauces, marinades, and injections by visiting ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And by iGrill. The iGrill is a Bluetooth-enabled cooking thermometer that allows you to monitor the temperature of your food and smoker or grill from up to 200 feet away. Using the free iGrill app for your iPhone, iPad, and Android devices, you can set preferred temperatures, and your smart device will alert you when it's ready. It's perfect for cooking steaks to perfection or low and slow smokers overnight. Head to iGrillInc, that's the letter I, grillinc.com to learn more. And by Barbecuer's Delight Wood Pellets, the barbecue wood pellet choice of competition cooks and backyard hacks just like me. The perfect blend of two-thirds oak and one-third flavor wood gives you that right BTU burn and flavor that you're looking to get all over your meat with smoky goodness. Visit BBQRSDelight.com. And by Arno Smokers, a custom pit builder using innovation and art in each of their cutting-edge offset and vault-style barbecue pits. Located in the heart of Texas near Fort Worth, Granberry has been the home to Arno Smokers since the beginning. Arno Smokers has continued to widen its range using visionary planning both on the design level and the quality of craftsmanship to bring their customers the finest custom pits on the market. Please get in contact with Billy, B-I-L-L-I-E underscore R-O-Smokers at Yahoo.com or Tony at Tony underscore R-O-Smokers at Yahoo.com or visit their main website, R, the letter N, the letter O, R-N-O, Smokers.com. And by Green Mountain Grills. Discover something you're really going to love, cooking with pellets. Green Mountain Grills are widely available across the country. Top-of-the-line manufacturing, but not the highest in price. Visit GreenMountainGrills.com to get started on your pellet adventure today. Free call, 877-448-0433. You can also email the show if you would like to do that, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Everything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com, and plenty to get to tonight. And here's what's happening. First, if you haven't taken the time to go to the main website yet, sign up for the newsletter. 
you're not getting the heads up every Tuesday around 4 or 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, shame on you. You know, just because I'm not always posting on the Facebooks and the Twitter about what's happening, you can forego my potential screw-ups and subscribe to the newsletter, and that's going to come out and tell you exactly what's happening on the show. I'm not saying that it should swing you if you decide you want to tune in live or not. I'm not saying that. I am saying you'll be able to have a advance notice. Sometimes advance notice is nice in life. That's what I've come to find out. Advance notice is nice in life. Because sometimes in life you don't get advance notice, and it's very troublesome. It can be costly in some regard. So do yourself the favor and go to the BBQCentralShow.com. Sign up for the newsletter in your off and running. All right, here's what's happening tonight, coming up in about 12 minutes from now. Pitmaster of Slap Yo Daddy Barbecue, Harry Sue, joins me. Been a while since we've uh, had the Harry. 10, uh, 10, 9.35 Eastern. Sponsor of the show, all-around great guy and barbecuer, Jason Baker from Green Mountain Grill joins us on the show. And then we'll move to the second hour. The interview segments will be taken by one person and one person alone. He is a barbecue media maven, a pitmaster, playwright, and all that good stuff. John Marcus joins us for not one, but the segments. That's two in French. I've been practicing my French. So there's what's happening in regards to roster of the show, plan of the show. We'll see how it goes. Plus, we've got three giveaways tonight. We have the $20 gift certificate to the Barbecue Superstore, thebbqsuperstore.com. We have Jim Elser's Sweet Smoke Q Juice, which can be found at sweetsmoke.com. And then, of course, we have the fourth of five free iGrill Minis. Minis! <laughs> Giving the store away, folks. Absolutely. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ com. Those are the two ways to get in touch with me. Should you... What? Now, hold on a damn minute. Ugh. Oh, technology, how you plagued me. You guys didn't notice anything. It's fine. All right, so uh, I'm using a, a new piece of software tonight to get the show out over the Internet. And I thought I'd have a little fun with its virtual sets. So here's me in a virtual set. Ready? One, two, three. Hey, look at me. I'm a news guy. Hey, I'm a news guy. I'm a news guy. All right, welcome to Channel 3 News, ladies and gentlemen. We're going to take it outside. The man on the street, Harry Carroll, lives and gentlemen. Hey! Get that big stuff out of here. Um, as you can see, I have the uh, banner behind me. I am neatly tucked behind a desk, which I am too big for, but that's fine. I mean, man, it looks great. All right, lots of things to get to here in the open. Um, you know, make your Facebook, your Twitter, and your social media posts at will. Let everybody know the show's on. A couple different websites to send them to. TheBBQCentralShow.com, of course, is the uh, the main website. We've talked about that a couple different times tonight already. And uh, you can also send them to, for video, OutdoorCookingChannel.com. And don't forget, if you have Roku, you can uh, go to the Roku App Store. And you can also download the Outdoor Cooking Channel app there. And you can watch the show live Tuesdays from 9 to 11, Wednesdays from 9 to 10 in glorious high definition. And you don't even have to leave the couch. 
You can also subscribe to the tune for replays. Uh, you can subscribe to the tune. You can subscribe through iTunes to get this show on replays audibly. You can also go to YouTube for video replays. You can go to Outdoor Cooking Channel for video replays. Of course, you can hit the main website, barbecuecentralshow.com, for both audio and video replays, as well as posts that I just might blog about for whatever reason, rarely. But sometimes the mood strikes me to write, and I will. So no reason you should ever miss anything as it relates to the show, ever. Here's a reminder. There's this great Internet magazine called Smoke Signals. It's out right now. The newest uh, edition is out right now. Uh, be sure to check it out. Lots of great live fire cooking info on each episode. Smoke Signals Magazine, smokesignalsmagazine.com is the link. Actually, if anybody could do that in the chat, smokesignalsmagazine.com. And you can kind of read and listen and watch the show um, as, as we're going along. Uh, page 23, I believe, you might find an ad for this show. Check it out. It's full-blown. looks very professional. Uh, also, I just want to remind, if you are looking to run for the KCBS Board of Directors, get in touch with me, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com, and uh, we'll get you up for your platform and, and why you're running and all that great stuff. It's very exciting. All right, here we go. Speaking of the KCBS, is anyone aware of the team of the year race that is transpiring right now this very season, this very day? It's like 2009 all over again. Maybe even better. Maybe even maybe even better. Maybe even worse as I'm coming to find out more and more about this thing. As it sits right now, Tuesday, November 26th or whatever the hell the date is. We have a two-way tie for first place. Tim Grant and Team True Bud Barbecue is there, and so is Donnie Bray and Team Warren County Porkchop. Congratulations to those two teams. Uh, Warren County Pork Choppers ties it up with their win this past weekend at the Plant City Pig Jam. Uh, this is their second time cooking head-to-head Warren County v. True Bud, amongst the many others. And uh, Warren County on both occasions has uh, one outright grand championship. Uh, the last time, I, I think it was like in Kentucky somewhere. It was like that was uh, truly Donnie's backyard, I believe, the last time. Uh, so... What do you do to decide it? Well, originally my take was you make the run down to Calhoun, Georgia, and you go head-to-head for the third time this year in a final attempt to claim an outright Team of the Year title. I mean, not Super Bowl, of course, but this is pretty exciting nonetheless. I can't wait to see how this is going to play out the weekend after next. Good luck to Donnie and Tim. And then I read something else. Maybe there's not going to be any winner at all. Get that big stuff out of here. Well, let me rephrase that. Maybe there's not going to be any winner determined in Calhoun regardless of how they finish. Let me say it that way. Because if it's one thing I know about the KCBS Team of the Year, it's that I don't understand how the hell you determine KCBS Team of the Year. I tried to have uh, one of the top men on the KCBS Board of Directors, no name please, but evidently there is an emergency meeting taking place. I don't think this has anything to do with the contest coming up in the next couple weeks. I could be completely wrong. But I don't think Team of the Year race has anything to do with the meeting tonight. However, from what I can ascertain in regards to winning Team of the Year, you need to win 10 contests 
to qualify, and then your highest 10 scores are calculated, and those are your overall team of the year points. So it would stand to reason that if you win, if I win 10 and John wins 10 and my overall scores were better than his, I will win outright. Of course, where it seems to get a little bit tricky is now they're tied, and if neither team, A, wins outright, Warren County or Truebud, because they're both going to go down to Calhoun regardless, at least now. If they don't win outright, I don't think any, well, or if the, if one of them wins outright and it doesn't increase, if it doesn't replace their lowest top 10 score, then the points don't change, and then you start going down the line of finishes. If it's a tie, you go here. If it's still a tie after the sixth one, you go to 11. If it's still a tie after the 11th one, you go to the 12th overall, all the way down until at some point you get a winner for Team of the Year. Long-standing rule, one that I'm sure will rage debate. Uh, people have talked about putting Tim and Donnie in a heads-up cooking match. Maybe even at the end of the year at the KCBS banquet. I mean, who knows how it's potentially anticlimactic. So here's what I have to say about that. If you think for one minute that either Donnie Bray or Tim Grant isn't going to win outright at that contest, you're begging. One of those two is going to win. But is it going to be enough points to replace whatever the lowest score is that they have? to kick the points up and take the overall championship, like a win at the contest. At least that's the way I understand it. It's very complicated. We'll see how it goes. All right. Uh, quickly, folks, let me talk to you about uh, iGrill. We're going to be giving one away. It's the uh, next generation. Well, the next generation of iGrill has arrived. You can pre-order it now. The iGrill Mini, it's $40. Well, $39.99. The iGrill Mini, everything you love about the iGrill. So much more with a smart LED that indicates the progression of your temperature and lets you know when you're in and out of temperature range, proximity, wake up to conserve battery, and outstanding battery life of up to 150 hours. You get all these awesome features in a pocket-sized device at half the price of the original iGrill. $39.99 for the iGrill Mini with one meat probe and one probe wrap. The iGrill magnetically mounts to your grill or smoker and even comes with a attached magnet. In case your ceramic smoker or other non-magnetic surface is unavailable. They're thinking of everything here. Now the product on itself is a Bluetooth-enabled cooking thermometer that pairs with the Apple or Android device using free iGrill Pro app, which can be downloaded at the iTunes or Google Play Store. You're looking at about 200 feet of Bluetooth range. You can monitor your food from practically anywhere in the house and basically just frees you up to get whatever it is you need done. You can get 15% off of your order if you use iGrill Inc. or if you go to iGrillInc.com and then put in... Uh, Central, C-E-N-T-R-A-L. And you can also get on the pre-order list for the new iGrill Mini at iDevicesInc.com slash iGrill. That's iDevicesInc.com slash iGrill. $39.99. Great stuff. And thanks to the folks at iGrill for uh, allowing the, the giveaway and the, uh, the special promotion and sponsorship of this show. All right, we're back with Harry Sue right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. Your two ways to get in touch with me. Should you see fit to do so, more than happy to have you. Uh, my first guest tonight won the KCBS Team of the Year Chicken category last year. You have seen him on TV and a number of, uh, well, a number of times. Uh, does cooking classes and is the pitmaster of Slappio Daddy Barbecue Competition Cooking Team. Help me welcome back, friend of the show, Harry Sue, joining me. Harry, how are you? Man? I'm doing wonderful, Greg. How are you? Doing absolutely fabulous, Harry. Always appreciate you making time for the show. Uh, probably, you know, a number of different places to start with you tonight, and we've been you know, pretty heavy into this barbecue contest thing for the past few months, especially with what is going on right now with the team of the year race, uh, now knotted at the top with two teams really having superior seasons. Maybe you could give us a little bit of recap of uh, A, slap your daddy and, and where you see yourself in 2013, and maybe your take on what's happening with team of the year race right now between Warren County and Truebutt. Oh, okay. Uh, well, for 2013, for me, it's been a year of actually rest. I've uh, kind of uh, kind of backed up on the competition circuit and focused primarily on basically teaching classes around the country. I've had a chance to visit uh, Pennsylvania, Utah, uh, England, and a number of other places to do my classes. And uh, I've only done about maybe less than 10 contests this year. But uh, 2014 is a brand new year. I've been playing around with uh, my little mini uh, tamale pot uh, Smokey Joe, and uh, hopefully in 2014 you'll see me as the new mini-man. The new mini-man. All right, well, I think we're going to talk about that here in a couple minutes. But uh, do you find it, maybe you had it planned out this way, but was it difficult for you this year not doing as many contests as you had done in years past? Because you were you know, one guy that got in quite a few. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I made it sort of a personal goal, and um, I had put a lot of time and effort in the last three years uh, cooking on the competitions. It has been a wonderful and fabulous journey. Met so many different people and had a really wonderful time. For 2014, I thought I kind of throttled back a bit. I, I've been also been a little bit swamped at my regular work, and sometimes, you know, regular work gets in the way of competition barbecue, but I'm still having a lot of fun this year, and I'm really looking forward the December 7th event, King of the Smoker. Uh, it's going to be in La Quinta this year. Harry Sue joining me here on the show. The website, by the way, slapyodaddybbq.com if you want to check it out here while we're chatting it up a little bit. Uh, Harry, do you have any uh, thoughts just from an uh, outsider looking in as far as that team of the year race that's taking place right now between Warren County and True Bud nodded think, at the uh, top? You know, it, it's amazing to me how many points the team have been able to score, and it's almost <laughs> getting to a perfect score kind of game. Uh, I think it's amazing that uh, teams can do really so well amid such a tough, tough field. I think it's going to be uh, kind of a narrow race all the way to the end. All right, so, I mean, you're pro KCBS, you're pro a number of other sanctioning bodies as well. In regards to being able to see 
how people are scored and at what tables, do you think that's exposed a little bit, that, uh, I guess, perceived myth of hitting a bad table and really made it into a reality, A, and then B, is it something that might have to be addressed going forward to a certain degree? Uh, well, what I have noticed in my own personal scores is, uh, at least on the West Coast uh, anyway, the scores are trending upwards. And, uh, you know, in the past, a uh, 700 score was unheard of, but uh, it seems to be common now, as well as uh, 180s seem to be much more common now. I'm not sure if it's due to the new KCBS scoring system or maybe the, the judges are a little bit more flexible nowadays. All right, so one thing that I've noticed this year, Harry, is that competition barbecue on the West Coast has really exploded, perhaps more this year than any other in years past. Many contests seeing record numbers of teams show up to take part. Being a West Coaster yourself, have you seen the barbecue world change on that side of the country as well? Uh, I think the number one thing I want to say is that the interest is is really high, and uh, we just recently had uh, you know the largest contest uh, in California in Dana Point. Uh, nowadays, when you go to a contest, 60, 70 teams is not abnormal. In the past, that would be unusual. I'm just amazed at the number of teams with 40 to 50 teams. That's kind of like the low end of the scale. So the whole barbecue phenomenon in California has really taken off. And the caliber of teams today are absolutely amazing. We have some really, really good teams. Uh, a lot of the, even the new teams uh, seem to be doing very well. Are you attributing the caliber of teams coming out, you know, right out of the shoot and being competitive to things that are on TV? Is it to the cooking classes? Is it to the Internet? Is it an amalgamation of all of that stuff? What's your take on that? My take is uh, kind of uh, all of the above. Uh, obviously, there's a lot more good uh, what I call YouTube co- content or what I sometimes, you know, jokingly call barbecue porn. Uh, the quality <laughs> of the, the videos have gone up. Uh, you know, there's more, there are more instructors teaching around the country. A lot more exposure to barbecue, lots more TV shows where people can rewind the tape again and again and watch the Barbecue Pitmasters, their favorite episodes for the 27th time. And also, maybe I have a little part to play in it. I've trained over a 1,000 students who've gone through my small little classes uh, that I've had uh, for the past several years. When you're doing those classes, Harry, do you take notes uh, or, or are you able to look at somebody and go, you know, they're showing kind of a an innate ability or they're able they're really picking this up a, a little bit better than some of the other uh classmates and do you keep track of them or do you keep track of everybody do you not keep track of anybody how do you kind of uh, tally how well you're doing uh with your classes as they graduate into the competition ranks well um i i have i can say that i i've trained many teams that have become grand champions and uh, usually in my classes i would say maybe 20 percent are competition teams and the other 80 percent are backyarders and i believe that i've had at least four teams that have made the jack and uh so far i believe i've trained uh, a woman grand champion from arizona the first one jennifer duncan when we had sylvie curry a gc from uh, california and even Steve Renfro from Colorado has gone to the Jack. So I've had a lot of teams who have had a lot of success after doing my class. A lot of people uh, think my class is sort of a backyard, but I'm actually teaching both backyard and competition techniques in my kind of backyard class. Harry Sue joining us here on the show, slapyodaddybbq.com, the website. Uh, Harry, I get this question a lot, and uh, which is when should I turn pro? And, you know, I asked Ray Lampy that question a few weeks back because somebody had submitted it during our Ask Dr. Barbecue uh, segment on Wednesdays. And quite frankly, he said, 
he doesn't really get the backyard deal at all and just to jump in with the sanctioned events and kind of make your bones there. So as someone who is putting on a backyard event, which we'll talk about here in a second, and you're doing classes that are both a backyard and competition involved, what's the benefit of a team doing backyard event first and then working into a regular circuit? I think uh, I have a couple of thoughts on that. Number one, I, I think that like in baseball, there has to be a minor league for people to kind of wet their feet. As you're probably aware, one of the uh, challenges we face in the barbecue circuit world is the cost of entry is very high. The average uh, contest entry fee in California is between, say, three to $400 uh, to enter a contest. And if you add all the other expenses, you know, you could easily push a $1,000 expenditure a weekend and you are going to go to a contest. And if you're a newbie, that sounds like a lot of money to invest to see how well you can do. Uh, in response to that, and in, at the behest of all my students, I started sort of uh, the, the kind of the uh, kindling idea of a minor league. So one of my students was able to find a winery in northern San Diego County to host uh, a backyarder. And uh, what I'm trying to do is essentially create kind of like a minor league where I can have teams come for the price of just the costs of the event, say $75, come and try out uh, this whole competition barbecue gig uh, amid a friendly audience and a lot of mentors and supporters. And I'm hoping that that will essentially create the genesis of a minor league that will eventually feed the major league so that people can you know, approach barbecue from a more uh, financially realistic standpoint. Do you think that the, the potential of a minor league competition circuit would uh, generate some more sponsorship dollars or uh, get an influx of cash to increase the purses in an overall sense, or is that not realistic? I, I think that uh, we individually and collectively as a group of pitmasters need, need to do whatever we can to grow uh, this barbecue phenomena. And um, I, what I've heard the most from my, my students is that, hey, you know, there's no real avenue for them to try things out. It's either, you know, spend $1,000 to go to a real contest and cook against the pros, yeah. or there's nothing in between. So what I thought might be a useful concept in California, at least I'm trying it out uh, on December the 14th in Temecula, uh, is to essentially have a small little contest for people to try things out. I was just amazed by the response. I think that I had put out an email and Facebook entry for the uh, event, and I think within the day, all 24 available spots were gone. Really? And I had people backed up on a waiting list wanting to come in, and I had one of my students even from Canada who's driving in all the way just to compete in this backyard. Wow. And it's a backyard event, uh, so everybody should keep that in mind. Um, so the cost is down uh, compared to a regular contest. Um, you know, some of the other things are going to be a little bit different is there's going to be some, uh, I guess, open discussion from the judges as far as what they like and what they don't like about the tournaments? Yeah, I'm sort of borrowing a page from sort of the Pitmaster series where there's open judging. The judging table uh, is allowed to talk about the entries and the teams are allowed to stand beside the judging judges because I want to give them feedback. And I'm also kind of relaxing the rules to allow the, the teams to basically watch the judging, and uh, I'm even allowing teams to help each other. But what I'm trying to do is create sort of a community of like-minded uh, beginner pitmasters who really want to experience the thrill and the excitement of competition barbecue 
really without committing a, a huge uh, financial investment. Harry Sue joining me here on the show, and what's the date for that again? I mean, I know it's all booked up, but uh, when is December the 14th? Uh, it's one week after the King of Smoker. Yeah. Um, you know, I was a little bit inspired by by Sterling from Big Papa Smokers for the work that he's been doing to try to bring a much friendlier and uh, public friendly face to barbecue. Yeah. I've gotten uh, even uh, the ability to maybe even dish uh, barbecue samples at the uh, Temecula Winery backyard. And uh, we are also going to donate any leftover proceeds to a cancer nonprofit charity called Michelle's Place based out of Temecula. So I think it's a win-win to have some of the proceeds from a contest go back into a local charity, at the same time expose a whole bunch of newbies and the public to this whole world of competition barbecue. I have 10 barbecue ambassadors who are pitmasters of season teams walking the public and going around and sharing the story of barbecue to whomever wants to listen. Harry Sue joining me here on the show. That contest December 14th, so we'll uh, look forward to see how that comes off for you, and we wish you nothing but the best on that, Harry. Um, all right, so next question, and, and perhaps this falls under the, the Harry Sue barbecue kook file, but back in October, on the 19th, you were able to fulfill a dream and probably only of yours and look you've been on the show a number of times in the past and you have always been one who truly lives and believes that the minimalist footprint in competitions is the way to go and you try and exemplify that each and every time you cook but you really took this deal to a whole new level back in october didn't you Yes, I uh, fulfill a uh, kind of a crazy, nutty dream of mine, which was to cook an entire KCBS sanction contest on, on a mini little uh, Smokey Joe with a tamale pot mounted on top. Those are euphemistically known as uh, mini WSMs. Uh, they have a 12-inch grate in there, so there isn't very much room to be able to cook the pork butt and brisket and ribs and chicken. And to complicate matters even further, I made the dessert entry, which was a pineapple grilled uh, cheesecake in it. So... I was just amazed that I finished 10th overall and I finished first in ribs, uh, you know, and uh, I'm sorry, first in dessert and first in ribs and a couple of uh, three or three other different walks. So I'm just completely amazed that it was even possible. I did it out of kind of a personal challenge because I wanted to see how far I could push the envelope and I wanted to bring out that sudden engineer in me <laughs> so that I could uh, improvise and uh, try different techniques to try to get all that meat into that little tamale pot. But, you know, I, overall I succeeded and I was very happy with the results. After the contest, I, uh, I wrote myself 10 different improvements. And uh, who knows, you, you might see me cook regularly on that mini tamale pot on a Smokey Joe for 2014. How many practice runs did you do prior to that? Because when you go, you know, if you go to slapyodaddybbq.com and, and you go to the blog and you, and you read that post, I mean, you have a lot of great pictures, but... Uh, you know, if people have never seen the setup, I mean, it really looks like, uh, you know, Smokey Joe that got uh, just kind of made taller. It, that doesn't increase the width or the ability to really hold a ton more meat, and you're putting on barbecue competition meat. Uh, how many practice runs did it take to really kind of hone the, the skill there to for you to feel confident enough to do it in a contest? Well, actually, I, I actually went to a contest after trying out twice. And uh, uh, the first run was to just to make sure that I could fit the pork butt and have the brisket on top of the pork butt without the brisket grate touching the bottom grate. So the way my tamale pot is set up, uh, it was actually built by Chris Amquist uh, out of Arizona, and uh, he built me one that I actually used at the Jack Daniels uh, 2012. 
and I cook my chicken breast entry in it. So what I thought might be possible is if I could cook one pork butt and a lower grate, cook my brisket flat only, cut into a circular kind of a shape on the top grate, I could fulfill the requirement to turn in six servings of briskets and six servings of pork. So that was the first run, run and it went fairly well. The second run was a little bit more tricky because I wanted to cook 14 pieces of chicken in there. And 14 pieces of chicken would take up two trays, but I only had two grates in the tamale pot. So I had to jury rig a little chicken roaster to prop a third grate on top so I could cook the ribs and chicken without the chicken dripping on the ribs. So that was the second part was actually the more challenging and more fun part of the whole adventure that I had. Will you be trying the uh, mini version at the uh, King of the Smokers on the 6th? You know, I'm very tempted, but given that you know there's going to be two dozen of the best teams in America there, <laughs> I, I think I will hedge my bets. I, I might bring the uh, the mini just for fun, uh, but uh, you know I have to be really serious about that event because uh, that that's really you know for the the top bragging right in the nation. So I I would be foolish to to try to you know pull off such a stunt at, at such an event. Harry, two days left till Thanksgiving. Do you have any last-minute advice for people who will be tasked to cook the bird and uh, maybe <laughs> your favorite way to prepare a turkey, or do you even eat turkey? Uh, I do eat turkey, and uh, for, for every year I, I cook turkey. So this year, just for fun, I, I wanted to do my own uh, Harry Sue spin on a traditional T-bird. Uh, you guys, everyone has heard of a turducken, right? Yeah. It's basically a turkey with a, a chicken and a duck stuffed in it. Yep. I thought myself, you know, as I was scheming, why don't I try to make a moo-oint duck tucken? <laughs> All right, so we have uh, some type of beef, pork, uh-huh. moo-oint, uh, turkey, and chicken? Yes. And duck. And I'm going to combine and fuse the different cultures, wow. and people who hear me are going to think I'm really nutty. But, I, you know, I love Peking duck, and uh, I love how the skin of the duck is just so crispy. Yeah. So what I'm planning to do is actually uh, I'm going to buy a duck, debone the duck, and then I'm going to stuff the duck essentially with basically beef slices, beef ribeye slices, that you can purchase for a Asian dish called a shabu-shabu, which is like a hot pot. So you have these thin slices of beef and thin slices of pork, and I'm going to basically line the layers with the same kind of mushroom mix that you prepare for beef wellington. Oh. So visualize as if you can see five concentric circles of meat, kind of like a meatloaf shape with the duck being on the outside with the crispy peking duck skin. Oh, sounds delicious. So right this weekend, I mean on Thursday, and I'm going to blog about it. So for those who are interested in what Frankenstein monster I'm creating... <laughs> Come watch the blog and see all the pictures. I'll be posting on Facebook as the whole adventure continues to see if I can pull it off. It is going to be a disaster. Well, we'll see how it goes, uh, and people will be uh, watching and looking for those pictures. Uh, you can uh, see Harry Sue December 14th at his own backyard event, and before that, uh, competing at King of the Smokers. He is the pitmaster of Slap Yo Daddy Barbecue. Uh, Harry, always appreciate the time. Have a great Thanksgiving, and thanks for coming out tonight. All right, thank you, Greg. You got it. There he is, Harry Sue. SlapYoDaddyBBQ.com. That is the uh, place to go if you are ready to see a oink moo duckin' turkey chicken with 
spare ribs, right? Probably not. He's piqued my interest. What can I say? Get out of the normal turducken stuff and add Peking duck. Yeah, I can see that. Just answering an email. All right, folks. Uh, two days is Thanksgiving. Less than a month from there is Christmas. You are screwed. Stop putting it off, really. Do me a favor, but more importantly, do yourself a favor. Call Steve from Stephen DeFranco Jewelers right now. 440-943-2700. Say, hey, Steve, listening to Rempy, and quite frankly, he's scared me into thinking that I'm not going to do it right this year. So, you know, hook me up. I'm looking for a watch or I'm looking for a necklace or diamond rings or diamond earrings or bracelets or anklets or who knows. His inventory is vast. His overhead is low. So you're not going to be paying for all that other crap that you're going to be getting in those big chain jewelry stores in the mall and strip mall type places. Uh, You go to stephendefranco.com. That's Stephen, D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O, stephendefranco.com. And uh, as you peruse the inventory, make some notes, and once you see what you like, go ahead and uh, let everybody know that you're going to call Steve, 440-943-2700. When they answer the phone, ask for Steve specifically. Say, hey, Steve, this is what I'm looking at. I'm a barbecue brother, or if you're a lady, a barbecue sister. And uh, here's what I'm looking to do. Then he's going to ask you a bunch of questions, make sure that he's got it nailed down, and then he's going to give you the price. You're going to be happy. A lot of stuff can get engraved for free. It's going to get gift wrapped for free, so you don't have you don't have to wrap it if you don't want to. Tell him to wrap it. He'll do it for free. He'll engrave it for free. He'll ship it for free. As I said, uh, with those watches, you get an extra year of warranty. So instead of one, you go out to two. Plus batteries for life. He'll even set the time for you when he sends it back. You tell him what time zone you're in. And he will make those adjustments right there in the store. Just that high tech. StephenDefranco.com. It's Stephen DeFranco. D-I-F-R-A-N-C-O. 440-943-2700. Tell him I sent you. And you'll be thanking me later. Just like John Marcus thanked me like a year ago. For his great watch. All right, uh, we will be back right after this with Jason Baker from Green Mountain Grills. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Before we get to Jason, we'll do a giveaway. Uh, your chance to get upstairs. Jeez. Damn it. Your chance to win the Barbecue Superstore $20 gift card. And an email with a subject line that says Harry Sue BBQ. Harry Sue BBQ, and you can win a $20 gift certificate to the BBQ Superstore.com. 
Harry Sue BBQ in the evening. Good luck. Get in the smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampy. Big B, Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me two shots. We don't need a radio. Bring a jukebox for my outlaws. Bring me three shots. All right, we're back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQ Central Show.com. Uh, my next guest, Director of Sales and Marketing for Green Mountain Grills. Tonight, we'll be talking about the new Davy Crockett unit that is now on the market for your consumption and cooking pleasure. Let's go ahead and race over the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Jason Baker. Jason, how are you, buddy? I'm well, and you, Greg? Doing absolutely great and well myself, uh, Jason. Thanks for joining me on Good. Uh, you know, just a couple days away from Thanksgiving. Um, what do you got planned for the big day, Jay? Well, you know, I started the brine already, so that's a good wow. thing. You're a briner and, believer, uh, right? I am. I am. I'm a two-day briner and then uh, an all-day cooker. So i got all the works ready. Uh, I've even got a pheasant. I've never actually uh, cooked a pheasant, uh, but uh, I'm pretty excited to try it. So this is going to be my first. What? Uh, what's the? I've never pheasant myself either. Um, what is a pheasant flavor profile wise supposed to uh, give you in the in the in the mouth? Well, it's a little gamey, so I would I would uh, equate it to like a uh, a gamey turkey. How about that? That's as good as I can make it. It, it has just a gamey flavor to it but it's uh it's also very uh it's it's not as, as slippery or greasy as like a duck all right i can visualize that and potentially taste it uh jason baker joining me here on the show greenmountaingrills.com is the website uh jason for i guess for the people that might just be tuning in for the first time tonight or you haven't really gone back through the archives and listened to some of our previous interviews uh maybe just a quick background about the company and uh, your association sure. with it yeah absolutely company started, uh, Green Mountain Grill started in 2007. Uh, we started with a 436 square inch model called the Daniel Boone that uh, we brought to the market as a uh, as competition to Traeger, uh, the Traeger uh, Little Tex. And after uh, two or three years, we, uh, we introduced the uh, Jim Bowie, uh, which was a uh, Basically, in direct competition with uh, with the uh, the Texas the zero seven five Texas that Traeger had come out with, and uh, now we are uh, we have come out with the uh, Davy Crockett. So we have three models of grills uh, for the general public. We also make uh, trailer rigs, a big pig trailer rig, which is a massive, uh, almost three thousand square inch model uh, towed on a rig. Uh, just incredible product. But for the mainstream products, the Dan Boone uh, Jim Bowie and then out of the baby Crockett are our main uh, products that we deal with alongside our pellets, full rubs and sauces, everything. And so I came aboard as a uh, sales and marketing guy and uh, been on now for almost three years. So it's been, uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been a, a great company to work for. It's been growing tremendously as the pellet market uh, has been. And so we're, uh, we've, we've enjoyed the, the growth, and, and we're trying to uh, 
now innovate more. That's that's really what we're doing right now is just innovating. And Green Mountain Grills is uh, a, a dealer first type of a, of an outfit. You want to hit the brick and mortar stores and show demos yeah. and have the hands on and, and then be able to answer those technical questions. That's right. Yeah, we we came to the market very similar to how Big Green Egg uh, came to the market, and I think we've done a pretty good job of of sticking to that model of making sure that uh, if you want to see one of these grills, if you want to buy one of these grills, you have to go to a local dealer. And that dealer is somebody who is knowledgeable about the grill, who knows exactly how it works, how it operates, uh, is there to teach you how to cook on it. Uh, that is the model in which we've, we've, uh, we've gone with here with, with Green Mountain Grills. And it's been good for us. It's been really good for us. We have a, a great dealer network throughout the country uh, who are very loyal to us. And uh, it's, it's been great. It's been a really good, uh, uh, it's, it's been a successful model for us. Jason Baker joining me here on the show. GreenMountainGrills.com is the website. All right, so uh, the star of this segment tonight is uh, the one that we had kind of pre-hyped maybe, what was it now, four or five months ago, yeah. uh, was the uh, da- or the Davy Crockett. And, you know, when you had originally told me that you had something a little bit smaller in the works and that you were looking to kind of attack a different market with it, I was like, well, you know, everybody likes big and bigger is always better. And once you get bigger, bigger than that is always better. And you guys kind of went in reverse and, and really made something that is a transportable uh, and can be used like in a number of different ways. So if you could, uh, maybe the the conception of the Davy Crockett and how you see it fitting into the live fire market. Sure. So basically, when we look at this market, we saw a market that really consisted of maybe two or three products that that were that were at least had, had some validity to them. But I think they all missed the mark. Uh, on the fact that it's not 12 volt, everybody went to the 110 model. We started off with the 12 volt. Could we go 12 volt and actually uh, go to a battery? Could we could we go to a, a cigarette plug lighter in a car? And can we go just like a laptop would right into a wall with an inverter? Uh, so we looked at that as our starting point and tried to create a model that was half the size of the Daniel Boone, still having the peak lid to it having good space in it uh, to cook, you know, pretty good amount of food. This has 219 square inches of space to it, and it has almost 8 inches of clearance, so it has a lot of room in the cavity, but also create a, a product that would that would really kind of revolutionize the, the, the way in which you cook on these pellet grills in a tailgate model. So we added something else, not just the 12-volt, but we added the open flame technology. So we basically uh, have uh, a firebox cover now, uh, if you're not familiar with how the pellet grill works, you basically have a cover over the firebox, and then you have a grease tray, and then you have your grates. So you have those three layers. Uh, in the Danny Boone and the Jim Bowie models, you have uh, that closed uh, surface, if you will, so a straight steel surface on the firebox cover and the grease tray. Now with this Davy Crockett, you have uh, holes in the firebox cover, and then you have holes in the grease tray, and the grease tray is basically a slider, so you can close it back and forth uh, to either grill direct or indirect. So I think that's always been kind of the knock on pellet grills is that uh, people always say, well, you can't really sear as much as I'd like. So people kind of go to the, the grill grate or they uh, they have some kind of concoction that they, they put together themselves on these grills. And so we came to the market with this product to try to uh, – try to deal with that rebuttal and I think we've done it I think it's a it's a great product 
uh, that has that open flame if you want it at high temperatures. This thing goes all the way up to 550 degrees. It goes all the way down to 150 degrees. It is a single fan environment. So in the Green Mountain, traditionally, we've always done two fans. We went to a single fan environment on this grill, but uh, it's worked out great for us. If, if you see it, it has the legs. So you carry it around. It is, it's heavy. It's, it's 57 pounds. But, you know, we looked at that and we said, okay, when you, when you go, and I think when we tried to, to go down on the gauge of steel, what we realized is that we lost a lot of uh, uh, heat. So the pellet consumption went way up. So I think what you're going to see with this grill is, is, a, is a very well insulated grill from the standpoint of keeping the heat, uh, not consuming a ton of pellets. It has a nine-pound hopper on it. Uh, it has very little energy draw. Basically, when you start this thing up, it's all automatic. It goes 100 watts, and then it goes 10 watts continuous. Yeah. Um, what kind of a price point are we looking at for the Davy Crockett? So that's the other great part. We are at 379 on this product. Wow. We... Uh, we came to the market with, with that in mind as well. You know, we wanted to be under that $400 price point. We hit uh, 379 MSRP, and now we're actually doing a uh, $40 off coupon all the way to, uh, the 24th of December uh, for that grill as well. So 339 plus tax, or if you don't have tax in your states, you're lucky. But 339 uh, is, is what the, the MSRP on that grill is now until the 24th of December. Absolutely fantastic price point, and uh, I guess what I like when I hear about it is uh, it's portable, but it, it, you're not say, you're not you're not gaining portability, but sacrificing the capacity to actually put some real good meat stuff on there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can still put put a couple big. I mean, I've put uh, a couple eight pound pork butts on there. Uh, I've done uh, a mini turkey on there. I've done uh, plenty of uh, steaks and burgers. You've got a ton of space. I did a whole uh, deal of smoked salmon on there the other day. I probably had, uh, oh, at least two really good-sized fillets and even some chunks on the side. So you, you do. You have a lot of space with this thing. Jason Baker joining me here on the show, GreenMountainGrills.com. If you want to check out all the product lines that are available, the Davy Crockett, the Daniel Boone, uh, the Jim Bowie, they're all there for your review and uh, for purchase, obviously. Um, you know, just from my cursory research, it looks like maybe an additional, like, three or four pellet manufacturers joined the market in 2013. Uh, are you surprised at the rise in popularity that the pellet cooker market has seen in the past two or three years? You know, I'm not. I'm really not. I, I just in. In being in this market, being around uh, this market for for uh, and and knowing just being being out there on the competition circuit, seeing some of these guys who are cooking on on all sorts of different pellet cookers, uh, and obviously seeing what what just happened at the World Food Championship, and you see the pellet cookers that are out there and the guys that are winning on those, uh, you're learning that more and more people uh, are gravitating towards these things because it's it's easier. I mean, it's definitely an easier way to cook, but I would say that still you have craft in this. So you're, you're focused. I think these guys are, are much more focused on the flavor profiles and not having to worry so much about their pits. Uh, they're getting even better 
at cooking. And that's why I think that uh, people are um, really moving towards these products. And the general public's getting more comfortable with them. I still think it's uh, one of those products that the general public has to be trained on. I don't think it's something that can be shipped to them uh, via Amazon uh, over over the Internet. I think that they need to be able to learn uh, through either a professional or, or a dealer uh, or somebody that knows how these grills operate. They really have to dive in and, and learn these grills. And if you want to learn these grills, uh, you're going to get hooked on them. But if, if you don't, you should just go to Walmart and buy the, the, the two $300 throwaway propane grill and, and live with that. That's really, I, I say that a lot to people because I believe that if you're not going to learn these grills, don't buy a pellet grill, please. Yeah, keep buying the cheap stuff oh. and uh, live in misery for the rest of your life. <laughs> exactly. Jason Baker joining exactly. me here on the show. Jay, if the southeast portion of the country is the ceramic cooker capital of the world, is it safe to say that the Pacific Northwest is the pellet cooker capital of the world? And why do you think that is? Wow. Yeah, you know, well, definitely it's where, it's where Trigger started. Trigger started this back in the 80s, and so it's had a real good jump start on uh, just notoriety uh, in that area. But I would actually tell you, Greg, that the Northwest is great, and it's, it's a phenomenal territory, but what you're seeing now is that more and more folks in Kansas, Missouri, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, I mean, the heartland – Nebraska, everybody in that general vicinity is really, they're moving towards these grills. And so I'm seeing those numbers rise more and more every, every year, over year, than even the Northwest right now. So, jeez, uh, I mean, especially places like Nebraska, it just blow your mind. Uh, the folks there, they, they love their pellet grills. So uh, I, that's, that's where it is right now. Jason Baker is the Director of Sales and Marketing for Green Mountain Grills. Again, the website, greenmountaingrills.com. Jason, before I let you go, anything else you want to uh, plug up or promote while I got you? I'll tell you, uh, I didn't say anything about my pellets, but uh, I'll tell you, we we have been uh, really focused on making good pellets this year, and we came out with two new brands. We came out with a fruit blend pellet, uh, which is uh, basically cherry, pecan, and beech. And then we just fired up our Texas plant uh, we are, where we are making a Texas blend pellet, which is uh, oak, hickory, and mesquite. And those have been very popular uh, as of late and, and uh, are moving into stores pretty readily available now. So get after those pellets. Uh, of course, they're uh, kind of key in order to make those pellet grills work, right, Jason? Yeah, you kind of need those. Yeah, funny how that works. Uh, again, uh, Jason Baker joining us, GreenMountainGrills.com, the website. Jason, always appreciate the time. We'll look for you again soon. Thanks, Greg. You're right. You got it. There he is, Jason Baker. Green Mountain Grills, greenmountaingrills.com is the website. And I happen to have a, well, whatever their biggest model is, the uh, I think it's the Jim Bowie. And, man, thing is big, and it cooks a lot of meat. Here's a picture of those pellets, by the way. I was trying to get up on the screen earlier. And, uh, yeah, good stuff. Check them out. Um, the, the the blend of pellets sounded weird to me at first, but then I was uh, heartily impressed after I actually cooked on them. And that's really the key. You know, you can look at wood all you want, but until you cook with it, you're never going to know how it burns or flavors your meat. People talking about over here.
right, before we wrap up the first hour, I want to talk to you about the Barbecue Guru, the longest-running sponsor of the show, and uh, here to help me talk about the Barbecue Guru tonight is my friend, A.J. Levant. There's A.J. right there. Look at that kid. Cute as they come. How about that? AJ, what do you know about the barbecue guru? Nothing. What if I told you there was a product out there on the market today that you could uh, put this, you could put your ribs or your pork butt or your whatever meat you want on your cooker, and then you take this control and you set the pit temperature, whatever you wanted it, 200 degrees, 275 degrees, and through a series of microprocessors and fans, it would keep it at that temperature all day long. What do you think about that? I do not know what that means. Well, that means you set it at the temperature like an oven. You set it at the temperature. You can walk away, and it's going to sit right at that temperature. You don't have to put wood on the fire. You don't have to add more charcoal. None of that stuff. You can go play soccer all day long, and your pork butts and your ribs are being cooked to perfection. You want to buy two or what? I'll probably buy one. You'll probably buy one. All right, we got another one sold for you, Bob. How about that? Uh, aside from the automatic pit temperature control devices, of course, they have the Onyx Oven, which is a barbecue pit, you know, like Uncle Mr. Rampy has. And you can cook a ton of meat in this stuff. It accommodates the half and the full pans that you would get for food service. And, of course, because it's made by the Barbecue Guru, you know it's going to work seamlessly with all of their Barbecue Guru cooking devices. Of course, I mean, you knew that. Right? Yeah. yeah, of course. You did. Smart kid. Uh, so here's what you want to do. you got to go to the website, thebbqguru.com. That's thebbqguru.com. And then if you have any questions, call them toll-free, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. And they'll make sure you're outfitted with exactly what you need to get you up and running right out of the box. Do it now, 800-288-GURU or thebbqguru.com. All right, uh, we're going to come back, and we're going to give away a bottle of sweet you want to give away Sweet Smoke Q Juice or an iGrill Mini? iGrill Mini. iGrill Mini it is. All right. Uh, get your fat fingers ready, folks. We're going to give away a $40 prize coming up out of the break. Stick around. We'll be right back. We're back. AJ, we're back. Okay. We're going to give away an iGrill Mini. All right, so uh, talk into the microphone. Get up there. Say something. Hi. Uh, hold on a minute. Bam, microphone. Check, 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 check. All right, say something now. Hello. All right, sounds much better. All right. Um, give me a phrase. Any phrase. 
like to play soccer. All right, uh, folks, to win the iGrill Mini tonight, you have to send me an email in the subject line, I like to play soccer. I like to play soccer. And you can win a free iGrill Mini just like that. Good luck. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we're back. 877-448-0433. It's uh, the Greg and AJ show here for the next few minutes. All right, uh, winner is Kevin Bird. Give me your bird. Kaka, kaka. Kaka. What is that? Kaka, kaka. I'll take it. All right, Kevin Bird, congratulations. you got to send me your uh, shipping address. And in the subject line, uh, just put uh, free eye grill mini. Phil, uh, I'm sorry, Kevin Bird, you're the winner. So, Kevin, if you're listening, your email address, please. Not your email address, your shipping address. Uh, send it to me, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. And in the subject line, eye grill mini. You win. It's $40. Thanks to AJ for joining me here uh, to round out the first hour. Uh, we'll be back with John Marcus in the second hour, plus another giveaway, the Sweet Smoke Q Juice. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Network. Hey, this is Helen Paradise from SoCal, and you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? You have a great show, I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono! It's all about the Charbono, dude! Succulent fish, what? We ate Vinci before wieners. Oh, listen, Laverne, shake a face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Who? Top men. And just like that, we are in the second hour. Uh, I don't recall if I did or not, but I don't think I announced who won the uh, Barbecue Superstore gift certificate, $20. That was uh, Adam Pace. Congratulations to you, Adam Pace. You don't need to send me any shipping info, Adam. 
I will forward your email address over to Richard Parker over at Barbecue Superstore, and he will make sure that you're outfitted with what you need and tell you how to redeem your prize. Right. Indulge me here just for a second while I do my inner nerd. All right. Uh, where is that thing? Ooh. I don't know where A is. What is B? A is there. Let me go to here. Ooh, I didn't want to do that. Nope, I didn't want to do that. There, want to do that. B, oh, oh, sorry. Here we go. Now I want to go here. Oh, you can't see him. That's funny. Apologize. This is, makes for horrible radio, I know. Beautiful, there we go. See, I'm in a virtual set here, AJ. Come around behind. See that? It's not really behind me. This desk isn't really here, is it? All right. So uh, we are back. Uh, 877-448-0433. Greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. If you want to jump in on the show tonight, more than happy to have you. Um, still to come tonight, friend of the show, a Emmy Award-winning TV writer, believe it or not, John Marcus joins us. In about uh, 12 minutes from now, programming note for tomorrow. We will not be having a show. No. I talked with the producers of the show and uh, decided that given the impending holiday, which is, what's the holiday coming up? we got to talk into the mic, Jack. Thanksgiving. Right. Thanksgiving. Just for that, you win a prize. Just kidding. No prize for you, little man. What is your, uh, are you looking forward to Thanksgiving? Yes. What's, like, what's the Levon Thanksgiving Day plans? You guys here, or you go to Grandma's house, or what do you do? We go to our aunt's, and we, we go home, then we go to our grandma's. Do so you go to two different places? Yes. Is that two different Thanksgiving dinners? Yes. hey it's going to go from AJ to Fat J Thursday night. Watch out. So you're going to eat two different turkeys and two different pumpkin pies and two different stuffings. You eat stuffing? No. Why not? I don't like it. It's bread and gravy and stuff. It's the best stuff ever. What are you, what are you going to eat at the Thanksgiving table? Maybe that's the better question. You going to eat turkey? Turkey. Turkey. Potatoes, mashed potatoes? No. What? No? No. Are you French? No. Part French. No. You have to be. No. All right, so no mashed potatoes. So that no gravy then. No. All right. Uh, no stuffing. We've confirmed that. What about corn? Yes. Corn kernels, or do they do corn on the cup? Mm. Probably corn kernels, like loose corn. Yeah, corn on the cob. Or yeah. Do they do corn, corn on the cob. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Wow, old school. All right. Uh, Cranberry sauce. Yes. Yes? Yes. And you don't eat mashed potatoes? Who is your father? My father? Ah, good answer. Touche. <laughs> well, I don't understand how you can't eat mashed potatoes. Do you not eat french fries? I do. But you don't eat mashed potatoes? I know, it's well, weird. You need to help Uncle Mr. Rempy figure out why you won't eat mashed potatoes. Will you try them this year for me and then report back? No. Next week, 
you'll come back on the show Tuesday and report on how your mashed potato eating experience was. You can be on the show again. How about I bribe you? Survey says? Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Next week, we'll go to a bridge, and I'll talk you off of jumping off of it, and then we can report about how it felt on the following week, all right? No. Uh, Nothing. All right. Never mind. All right, I got this email from uh, Alan Frankel. It is George Washington's Thanksgiving 1789 Proclamation. AJ, you interested in hearing me read the 1789 Thanksgiving Day Proclamation? Yes. All right, here we go. (laughs) Whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both houses of Congress have, by their joint committee, requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer, to be observed by opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. Now, therefore, I do recommend and assign Thursday, the 26th day of November next, to be devoted by the people of these states to the service of that great and glorious being who is the beneficent author of all the good that was, that is, or that will be, that we may then all unite in rendering unto him our sincere and humble thanks for his kind care and protection of the people of this country previous to their becoming a nation of the signal and manifold mercies and the favorable interpositions of his providence in the course and conclusion of the late war for the great degree of tranquility union and plenty which he has since enjoyed for the peaceable and rational manner in which we have been able to establish constitutions of government for our safety and happiness, and particularly the national one now lately instituted for civil and religious liberty with which we are blessed, and the means we have of acquiring and diffusing useful knowledge, and in general, for all the great and various favors which he has been pleased to confer upon us. Oh, it goes on. And also that we may then unite in most humbly offering our prayers and supplications to the great Lord and ruler of nations and beseech him to pardon our national and other transgressions to enable us all, whether in public or private stations, to perform our several and relative duties, properly duties, and punctually to render out our national government a blessing to all the people by constantly being a government of wise, just, and constitutional laws, discreetly and faithfully executed and obeyed to protect and guide all sovereigns and nations, especially such as have shown kindness to us, and to bless them with good governments, peace, and concord, to promote the knowledge and practice of true religion and virtue and the increase of science among them and us, and generally to grant unto all mankind such a degree of temporal prosperity 
as he alone knows best. Given under my hand, at the city of New York, this third day of October, 1789 A.D., George Herman Washington. A.J., your reaction to the 1789 Thanksgiving Day proclamation is? It was pretty good. Yeah! First time through, didn't even practice. I'm a pretty good reader, right? For an old guy. Yeah. You're damn right. All right, isn't it your bedtime? I don't have school tomorrow, so no. Oh. Shut up! All right, well, you're off camera next time, because I'm going to be on with John Marcus. He's very important. You ever heard of the Cosby Show? No. What? God! Not eating mashed potatoes. You don't know who the Cosby Show is. Are you American? Yes or no? Yes. Oh, thank God. I was getting worried. In many different ways, I was getting worried. All right. Uh, Quickly, before we get to Mr. Marcus, let me talk to you about Butcher Barbecue. AJ, what's the one thing Uncle Mr. Rempe says over and over and over again? Always trust your butcher. That's exactly right. There's no easy way, no easy way, or easier way to make sure that your competition stuff is up to par or, like me, your backyard stuff is up to par, and you do that by visiting butcherbbq.com. Now, within those lovely Internet confines, you're going to find pork injection, beef injection, prime injection, bird booster, Bird Booster. You know what Bird Booster is? No. It's injection for chicken. You can increase the moisture yield from just a 7% on the brine, 21% when you, your boot, when you use Bird Booster. Quick math, AJ. How many more times is that than regular brining? Nine. Three. That's right. Three times. Because remember, seven times three is 21. Right? Right. Also... If you have a commercial injection that isn't Dave's and you found that you don't really like it that much, that your scores have started to tumble down a little bit, that the high fives aren't infrequent in the backyard from the neighbors and friends, don't throw it away. Heavens no. Go to ButcherBBQ.com, go to the trade-in link portion, and then print off that label, send whatever commercially made uh, injections you have left over. Send it on over to Dave. He will weigh it. And uh, once it's weighed, you know, all that stuff is final, of course. And then he'll send you back, and at your request, pork injection, beef injection, prime injection, the uh, bird booster. It's all free game. Well, you know, free. All free game. And uh, he's just, you know, one more way that Dave is not only making his current customer base happy, but he's trying to make his competitors' customers happy as well. I mean, how many companies are you seeing doing that to stay in the marketplace, AJ? Three? Three. Okay. Three it is. How about that? Now, if you're looking for rubs, if you're looking for sauces, dare I say you've hit the mother load here as well. Of course, my favorite, the Butcher's uh, Barbecue Sweet Sauce, which you've seen him use on television. Uh, I always carry at least six in my house because it goes like hotcakes. Uh, but you have the uh, Honey Rub, which is one of my personal favorites, the Steak and Brisket Rub, the Prime Rub. But that Prime Rub is specifically formulated to work hand-in-hand with the injections. So, you know, spend time on ButcherBarbecue.com. Don't waste time. Spend time. And the shipping is ridiculously affordable as well. ButcherBBQ.com. That's ButcherBBQ.com. We're back with John Marcus right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, we are back. A.J. LeVon taking some on the email. John Dawson, first soccer, now no mashed potato. A.J., adults are kicking your butt right now on the email. What do you think about that? That's good. Yeah, I know. They should get a life for crying out loud. Come on, adults. All right, A.J., I'm turning your mic off. All right, uh, joining me now. My guest, basically for the second hour, he is the executive producer of Barbecue Pitmasters, creator of the Kings of Barbecue Barbecue Kuwait Barbecue Kuwait documentary, co-playwright of the fabulous Lipitones, and Emmy award-winning writer as well. You find him slumming around these parts from time to time, uh, every few uh, months or so. It's uh, John Marcus joining me here on the show. John, how are you, sir? I would hardly call it slumming. Well, uh, some people say slumming, some people say enjoying time, or perhaps you just have nothing to do on a Tuesday, but that's fine. Whatever uh, works best. Uh, I, I was actually out in the city tonight, and uh, I was uh, at a restaurant called Maysville on 26th Street in Manhattan, yep. uh, where I barbecue occasionally out, out, out on the street there, and, and we, we, do, we do events. And I told everybody, I got to go home and get on with Greg Rempe. And they said, who the hell is that? Well, some people thought I said I have to get it on with Greg Brown. Hey, what are we talking about here? <laughs> right. I don't know. I'm in New York, man. Hey, that's right. It's uh, freewheeling out there. Uh, John Marcus joining me here on the show. All right, so maybe we should start somewhere completely out of the box tonight, John. Uh, Thursday, Thanksgiving, obviously, uh, you are a competitive barbecue cook. You have done well in events. You've taken part in uh what advice do you have for the folks who are really feeling the pressures of not screwing up this cook come Thursday? My, my advice to them is never to panic because there's nothing that can go wrong that you can't fix. So it's important to kind of like channel this sort of calm if you can. You know, there are two kinds of pit masters, angry pit masters and happy pit masters. And you want to try to be a happy pit master when you're cooking a turkey. I would say keep it on the low side. Do not get it hot. Longer temperatures, moister bird. Now, are you a briner? Are you an injector? Are you neither? Do you buy the, the, the already enhanced birds? Um, I've never bought an enhanced bird in my life. Ever? Well, that almost sounds like saying I've never been to a hooker. <laughs> I mean, who has it? <laughs> At least once or twice. I mean, That's yeah. sort of like, yes, I've Unactive. never bought an enhanced bird. Um, <laughs> I, I believe in brining. And I believe in cooking the bird with, uh, with a kind of a marinade or a flavoring addition under the skin. And uh, there's a recipe for something called chicken amer, which is French, that you can translate to the turkey. So I, I believe in brining and then slow smoking, uh, you know, with either apple or uh, one of the more delicate hardwoods. John Marcus, pitmaster, joining us here on the show. Uh, John, do you have, like, a favorite Thanksgiving Day memory? 
Oh, that's a great question, Greg. Um, I, I do have a favorite Thanksgiving. You know, I was raised in a really small town in Ohio, like 6,000 people, and everybody knew everyone else. And I used to go back uh, during breaks and college breaks, and, and I had a Dixieland band when I was in high school. I was a clarinet player for many years. And we used Thanksgiving as a reason to take the Dixieland band out into the small heart of this town and play for charity. And it was always get a little cold and brisk and snowing. And it was like a Norman Rockwell moment for me. So, you know, until I got into the ugliness of show business, I had all these real dreamy memories of growing up. John Marcus joining me here on the show. Uh, let me ask you this question, and I brought this up uh, with a few guests on the show last Wednesday. You know, John, for years there was at least a day's buffer between the other holidays and Christmas. Uh, this year the line is erased, and Christmas is firmly buried right in the Thanksgiving with many of the big retail outlets opening around you know, 5 or 6 p.m. or after dinner, if you'd like to call it for business. Does that strike any chord with you at all, or is this just kind of where we've evolved to with this whole Christmas thing? Oh, wow. Well, first of all, and there's one other event this year, which is that for some reason some forces, some forces <laughs> came into play that combined Hanukkah with Thanksgiving. Outrageous. What the hell is going on? I don't know. They take I over like everything. I Macy's for that. Right. But, okay. Um, I'm old school, like with you, Greg, I am, it saddens my heart to know that now during the period around Halloween, you see Christmas ads. And let me tell you something, when I see a Christmas ad on television before Thanksgiving or even around Thanksgiving, I make a mental note of whatever celebrity is putting his or her face on that ad. And I boycott everything they do from then on. It's you know, it seemed everybody always said, you know, Christmas comes early and earlier every year. And all of a sudden, it, it, at least there was a line of demarcation. And pretty soon, every day is going to be Christmas, I think. Um, pr pretty soon, although we're going to probably object to that when it starts up in late <laughs> January. Some people are going to get pissed off and go, hey, that's too early. Keep it in March. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I, I listen, Greg, here's the problem is like. So much of what is really driving our culture now is about the dollar. Yeah. And it's always been it's always been a complaint people have had, the almighty dollar, but now it really is serious. And um I I don't know. It just saddens me. I mean it's up to the individual families to keep the real spirit of what those holidays are in them and to try to just let the culture do what it does. Let people go out and stink up the place. But in your own home, try to keep it something real, which I'm sure a lot of people do. It's just it's on TV so much, and that's what bothers me. Yeah, I guess uh, you know the, the media outlets are so prolific, more than they were uh, ever in the history of ever, of course. Uh, I know that was very, uh, very poignant of me in the history of ever. Let's transition, John, if we could, to TV, if you don't mind. Um, Absolutely. And if great. we can, let's start with the most recent season of Barbecue Pitmasters. Now, look. From all accounts, both Barbecue Lovers, which is our very minuscule sect, and the Casual Fan, which is the greater viewing audience, seem to be uh, quite happy that this was a success, uh, perhaps second only to that first season of Barbecue Pitmasters. Your thoughts on how this past season went down and maybe any feedback from the network? 
You know, I'd love to hear maybe, Greg, before I answer that, what do they point to the people that are on the plus side of the show? What are they saying they liked about what happened this year? All right. So I think, well, the the majority of things that I have heard, and then, you know, of course, my own personal opinion is that this style of show tends to be more popular than, let's say, that uh, season four or, you know, the, the one previous, because... You do have some recurrence of the same people, especially if they win. And the audience has that ability to kind of pick a favorite and ride them to the proverbial finish line, not to steal a horse racing metaphor, but I am from Saratoga Springs originally. When the season before it, there was a contest, but there was no lead-up to an ultimate winner. There were three people there. They threw down. There was a winner of that show, and then, boom, they were gone, and that was it. So I think people like to have the crescendo or the coup de grace at the end, and, you know, while I still say I would like to see more of them to build a little bit more of a personal interest, at least the winners are coming back, you know, again and again, and then you have the final and, and the ultimate winner's pick. So I think that's what they really seem to be latching on to. Well, I, then I want to compliment the fans and tell them that they're having an influence in the direction of the show because I'm very proud to announce that we are going to do nine episodes that are going to be six com- competition, three off, then two of the best the winners brought back uh, in groups of threes, and then a final episode of Head on Head, two people. So it's going to be bracketed this year again, just like the previous year. And I think that, you know, we do like to bet on people or have our favorites. And uh, the, uh, the, the testing that the network does really uh, favors that style of show. So that's what they're going to see this year. All right, so as someone who is, you know, very creative in shows, uh, whether it be for television, whether it be for big screen or live on stage, I mean, how do you see it? What's your take on this season and, and the upcoming season? Um, you know, I, first of all, I got to tip my hat to Lindsay Freed, who's the uh, feet-on-the-ground showrunner, executive producer of the show. She's... She's day-to-day. She's the one who really makes a lot of decisions uh, on the fly while she's there, and she's the one that shepherds the show to the editing room and then out onto the network. So she uh, And she's been with the show since the beginning. I mean, she's been there. Uh, Lindsay uh, has become part of the barbecue community. So that really, really makes me feel good, and I'm very proud of her. Um, you know, I think that... What we're trying to do is really look hard at casting. And I think when people like the show, it's because they like who we put on the show. So to me, that's the essence of any good television is that you have honest, authentic, and compelling cast members, as I call them. So we, that's, that job is on us to really comb the barbecue community and find the people who resonate with the casual watchers, the serious watchers, that they're not clowns, you know. We've occasionally thrown in a rodeo clown, uh, <laughs> but we're trying not to do that. The casting director had emailed me, I believe it was last week, and asked me to kind of get the word out about the new season and to get videos in for consideration. And I, I didn't know if I was reading it with a little bit of a jaded eye and the fact that maybe there weren't a plethora of videos to choose from, so he was kind of in like a desperation mode. That isn't necessarily the case, is it? Um, that is not the case at all, okay. uh, because, and I didn't see that letter, so I don't know quite what he said, but, uh, he's a good, good guy and he, he really, uh, has a good feel for it. I think what you read in the tone of his note 
is that we have a quick turnaround. We're going to start shooting probably in late January, mid-late January or February. And we have to get the word out that we, we, our lead time is really uncomfortably short. So, so we want to get these people out. We want to really beat those bushes and get people to come out who, we, who aren't the same usual suspects. From when this past season has ended, which has been, you know, you know, any number of weeks now, to when you're going to turn around and start shooting again. I mean, what transpires in between that you are always, I mean, you always seem to be last minute. I mean, now you're doing the, I mean, you've been renewed now a number of seasons in a row, but it never seems to be any more comfortable for you as far as drop dead dates, which always seem to be getting maybe less and less. Um, there is no justice or mercy in show business. <laughs> as you well know, Greg Rampey. Yes, of course. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm normally favored with a fabulous picture of you. I can't see you today, and I miss seeing you. Yeah, I'm using a different uh, broadcast software because the other one has a bug in it right now. Through, okay. through no fault of my own. So in order to, to get a stream out, you know, everybody can see you, but you just can't see me, which, I, you know, well, I mean, you're probably I, not making I, it. I, I'm feeling a bit of a loss right now, but I'm, gonna pers- I'm just going to persevere. Push through. Yeah. So, yeah, there's no justice or mercy. I mean, the you know, the network holds all the cards. And they're the ones that, like, sometimes it's out of sight, out of mind. When the show wraps, like when the last episode is, is finished and then finally goes on the air, um, then they actually, I think, they t- I think there's stuff they do they don't tell me. And I think one of the things is they actually go and test the show. They take the show out to testing facilities. I think some of them are in Las Vegas. And everybody on the show gets their numbers run, they get judged, they get surveyed, they get analyzed and broken down into what an audience likes or doesn't like. So that's what they do in the meantime in order to rev up to come back at us and with their ideas. When they come back with their ideas, are they uh, directives or are they suggestions? Uh, let's just say that the title of Barbecue Pitmasters is not the Marcus show. <laughs> Correct. Nor, nor has it ever been, I guess, right? It's never been called the Marcus show, which I think is a grave injustice to me. But uh, it's not. And um, so they, they're, it's, their, it's their card game. You know? They, they make the rules. They're the ones that are choosing the kind of chips to serve and the kind of felt table to deal the cards on. So that's the way it is. And they're sensitive to what the show is, and they listen to me. I was fortunate enough to um, uh, just a couple of weeks ago sit down at lunch with uh, Mark Etkine, who is the head of Destination America, and we got to have a lovely long lunch and talk about uh, where the show is headed and what thoughts I had. And so that, that's all I need. If, if I know that I have the head of the network's ear, I am thrilled. And he can't, he can't be a bigger booster of the show and believer in the show. So it's one of those rare things that happens in our business where you got a little bit of a love affair going on. If you can pull back the curtain a little bit, when you're having conversations with top men at the broadcasting company. Or, or women. <clears throat> yes. I mean, you know, I meant men in the very generic sexual sense. Um, 
Uh-huh. It's like when I said I was going back home to get it on with Greg Rempe. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. I mean, many different meanings. So We're not losing viewers over this this chatter, are we? Greg? No, by the boatload, okay. but it doesn't okay, matter. Good. So when you're having conversations with top women in the uh, broadcast network, and you're talking about how she's a champion of the show, like, I mean, what kind of, of conversations are taking place? Are you talking about years down the road? Are you talking about how we're still just happy now but don't screw up? I mean, what's the what are what are top level, high level conversations going on? Well, you know, uh, when people get to be at the top of the network, it's because they're really smart and they know how to handle things, and and they're adept at uh, trying to get the executive producers and the on air talent. They 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 have an idea and a vision, so they'll sit down and they'll be very complimentary at first, but then it's like, <laughs> okay, then you get down to business, which is where we may have faltered where we might have lost a few viewers, you know, and they talk about that. So they like zero in on what needs to be better. And uh, that was the case of my idea with Mark. But what was really gratifying is Mark was as uh, open to listening to hear it from me as he was to tell me what he felt was going on. So this was a really good back and forth. I mean, they listen the barbecue pitmasters is important to destination america it's like been their tent pole yeah. you know it we founded the network on our show so um they have a they're proprietary about it in other words they they really like uh feel like they need to nurture it and keep it going and make it as good as possible now we don't always agree on what is going to create that kind of show but in, with a good network head like mark is it's a back and forth. So so they will open with nice, and then they'll get right to, okay, I want to make you a little uncomfortable right now. So it's good. That's Listen, i I, I got to be grown up, and one of my favorite phrases I learned from my southern friend is to say, I got more hide than you got teeth. <laughs> Very good. Um, you know, in regards to, and I know we've talked about it a couple times uh, during our conversations, John, is uh, people want to know what makes a good entry video, you know, what appeals to you and, and whoever else is evaluating, and what gets tossed out is fake. I would recommend no nudity. Come on. No, especially among the barbecue community. Uh-oh. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Uh, no, I would say, um, try to avoid bringing a live baby squealing pig into your video because I swear to God, I'm just going to look at the pig. I ain't going to watch you because I'm an animal lover and I want to see that pig squeal and, and, and run away or don't put funny clothes on it. So that's one thing. The second thing is don't. And I'm going to give you a lot of don'ts, yeah. and then we'll get we'll do with a couple of do's. But don't f- be fake. Don't come on and try to. Don't be like a like a Southern California used car dealer. <laughs> you know, don't don't bark at me. Be authentic. It's like what was that great country song? Just act naturally. Yeah. All you got to do is just. I I, I can't recommend that enough to people. Be competent in the sense that, you know, um, uh, like I, I've been Twittering about, about this. And, um, you know, there's this 
saying that goes around in the barbecue community where people get all tough and they fold their arms and they go, well, to be the best, you've got to beat the best. Well, right. I mean, I think we know where that line came from. I think that line is full of crap. Uh, I think Ric Flair would have a problem with that, John Marcus. In order to be the man, you got to beat the man. All that. All that. The same thing. <laughs> and, and you know why? It's because everyone in competition barbecue is a loser. Mostly. Well, we lose. We lose more than we win. Yes. And if you come at me in your video like you got all these trophies and and you can whip anybody that's a judge and you can whip each other and that's like I just I, it's like that's a snooze fest to me. That doesn't tell me anything about you. That lets me know that you can fake that you can you should be on the big time wrestling shows. I want to see that what people's character comes from is how they cook, not not how they brag. How's that? I mean, that's always the advice I'm giving people, but uh, I have a feeling that given the amount of videos that you have seen over your career and, and probably the people that are helping you uh, gauge what is potentially good and bad, you have a nose for the fake. I, 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 I Well, listen, I'll start by saying I have a nose. Yes. Well, Greg, you don't have to pile on, for God's <laughs> sakes. Um, <laughs> but... but um, yeah, all the you know all the years I've spent casting scripted shows and now this show, um, it's it's really something that does not serve you well. And I would just tell people like, um, don't rely on your wife and and family telling you how hilarious you are, because they don't know. They got to tell you you're hilarious. Show your video to people that don't have a dog in the fight. Show your video to friends that, you know, are honest with you. Yeah. Show your video to strangers. And, and, and be natural and don't say, boy, am I going to make them laugh. Do you remember like this? Are you a fan of the Bugs Bunny cartoons? Yes, of course. There was a great cartoon where uh, Bugs went on stage. Daffy Duck was in the wings. And Bugs was on stage doing a really easy tap dance. And Daffy was like so jealous that that he was going, if they like that, wait till they see this. Do you remember that? Yes. And he went out and he tore it up and he worked <laughs> so hard that when he was done, there was cricket sounds in the audience. Don't overwork it is all I'm saying. John Mark is joining me here on the show. John, uh, I got to do a quick read here, so I'm going to put you on hold. You go ahead and enjoy that fine-looking... Uh, have a Tampa cigar that you're uh, smoking. Pants, so I'm going to stay in my seat. All right. Um, folks, let me talk to you quickly about Fred Bernardo, TastyLicksBBQ.com. Sauces, rubs, grills, smokers, everything for the outdoor chef. You can find it at TastyLicksBBQ.com. You can call them 800-677-2882. And what do I always tell you? You know, some of us aren't blessed to live in an area that has a substantial amount of, you know, mom-and-pop grill stores or, or really good grill stores. It doesn't necessarily have to be mom-and-pop, but quite honestly, there's not a lot of national chain grill and fireplace stores. So if you really find something that you like on the Internet or you're perusing the Barbecue Central forums or, you know, whatever, 
you're not you're probably not going to be able to just go out and grab it up at the Home Depot or the Lowe's or you know the local hardware store. So now you're forced to go online, and that's where the hive set in. Maybe you've been on the internet before and ordered something, and you've been jammed up. Uh, you paid, but it never showed up. Whatever the case may be, that's why I say rest assured when you're doing business with Fred Bernardo and the folks over at Casey Lakes Barbecue. Why? Because they have a substantial inventory. It's ready to ship to you directly. Everything's priced fair. And quite honestly, if, especially if you're a big green egg head, no pun intended, they are the egg spurts because Fred has relationships with people where he's getting products made and accessories made for the big green egg that, quite frankly, you can't get anywhere else in the world. So that's why I recommend you head on over to tastylicksbbq.com. That's tastylicksbbq.com. Check out all the videos that he has up there. Check out the cooking classes that he has coming up. He's always running specials right now. I know he's got the big turkey brining kit for Thanksgiving, uh, which may or may not get to you on time depending on where you are. And if you live around the beautiful Shillington, Pennsylvania area, stop in. Say hi to Fred. Say hi to Toby. Say hi to all the gang out there. Let them know that you're listening to the show and you're stopping in because you want to support him too. It's uh, Fred's Music and Barbecue, TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's TastyLicksBBQ.com, 800-677-2882. The smoking guitar player. Uh, we're back with John Marcus right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs. And the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. All uh, right, we're back. 877-448-0433. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. If you want to jump in on the conversation tonight, we're talking with John Marcus, executive producer of Barbecue Pitmasters, which a lot of us uh, watch diligently. Uh, John... Melissa Cookston was added as a new permanent judge, certainly a great choice, good, honest personality, a winner's winner, and certainly able to evaluate what's good barbecue and what isn't. So let me ask you something a bit out of the box here. Do you ever feel that the teams who are seen as the competitors might have a bit of an advantage over the restaurant folks that are on these shows because of the judging panel? Are there palettes looking for a competition flavor profile that puts the restaurant guys at a disadvantage. It doesn't have to be, like, consciously. Could it just be because that's what they do? That's what they might be looking for? Uh, that's a, re it's a really good question because um, the decision was made uh, uh, two seasons ago to start including restaurant barbecue cooks, yeah. you know. And um, there's some very colorful characters, and... Yet, it is a totally different kind of smoking meat, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's, it's you, if you run a restaurant, you're into producing to feed the masses. You are into holding food. You have to hold food because uh, you got to be a near genius to be able to cook barbecue and hold it so that it's good. I'll tell you one person. I'll give you a little secret. I think the person who is probably the best in the world at being able to make it and also keep it as fresh as possible all day long is Tuffy Stone. That's why when you go to eat at his restaurants at Q, it's always good. It's always consistent. So, um, but that skill is different than, you know, getting it right off the pit in competition and doctoring it up for competition. So 
it sometimes throws the judges, I think, because what hat are they supposed to wear? Right. Are they, you know, I mean, you don't, we do not wear hats where we go, this is the best restaurant barbecue I've ever had. It's not the show. It is a competition show. So, again, it's like we have to be very careful when we pick a restaurant pitmaster. John Marcus joining me here on the show. I'm going to ask you one other question, and I was debating whether or not I should. But why not? Let's throw, let's throw caution to the wind. Let's go, Greg, you and me. There is someone out there who refuses to do this show anymore because they feel I am a hypocrite. Now, look, if you're a fan of the show, you know if nothing I am a hypocrite. In fact, Doc Holliday said it best in the movie Tombstone when he told Wyatt Earp laying on his deathbed. Wyatt, it seems my hypocrisy knows no bounds. <laughs> Have I said that I am a uh, non-fan of the like chop-style formats? Yes. Have I said on any number of occasions on this show uh, that you know I'm in the minority of that thinking? Yes. And they feel that perhaps this hypocrisy comes in when I interview teams that have been on the show for some kind of like perceived boost in ratings for me, which is completely false. I mean, I do it to remain topical and relevant in the news and pulse of barbecue. And to be honest, I've known a lot of these teams that I've interviewed well before they were on any of these shows. So in a long-winded way, John, do you see me or this show exhibiting hypocrisy in that way? Uh, Greg, I would not be on your show whenever you call or whenever I call you if I felt you were a hypocrite and you were not, your enthusiasm and your passion for barbecue is not heartfelt. I, whoever this person is, uh, I cast all of who they are in doubt because that's not a fair criticism of you. So if you want to off the air, tell me who it is. And if it's somebody who I'm still speaking to, I will go to work on them. Well, during the show, of course, we have a rule, no names, please. But maybe off air. Yeah, off air. I mean, honestly, you know, um, we're, all, we're all sensitive creatures. And we get bent out of shape uh, certain things. And we hold grudges. I mean, you know, the people that tell me they go to church every Sunday and they follow the good book. And they're some of the most hypocritical people I've ever met, some of them. I'm sure everyone who goes to church knows some people like that. But um, I don't think that's a fair criticism. And maybe there's some grudge they have over one thing that happened. That's my guess, because I frankly do not know who you're talking about. All right, maybe off air we talk about it. Maybe not. But I just wanted to, you know, as someone who was uh, higher ranking on the, the overall show, yeah. Uh, if you feel that I am uh, trying to pan the show on one side of my face, but then get the winners of you know that week's competition on the show for a ratings, I mean, I can see where potentially it looks bad, but I don't think I've ever made any bones about what I don't like and what I do like. No, I'll tell you, Greg, I, I see you as fair and square. You, um, you're the biggest booster of what this field is, and um, it's complicated. I mean, you know, I'm involved in a TV show. I'm not involved uh, in a weekly competition that I'm producing. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a TV show. And so there's always compromises that are involved in getting a show done every week. Uh, sometimes you have to punt. Sometimes you throw the Hail Mary pass. Sometimes it goes as planned. So, 
I, I um, you know, sometimes when people dig their heels in, that if you go after them, they just dig them in more. So I don't know. I mean, I know who the good people and the bad people are in barbecue. I really do. And if the person you're men- mentioning is a good person, there's probably something going on that maybe could be teased out and figured out and, and, and solved. All right, and do- I- be happy to be part of that. Duly noted. John Marcus, uh, not only an executive producer of a TV show, but willing to mend fences during his uh, off time, which I certainly appreciate. All right. Uh, so, John, let's uh, switch gears a little bit. We'll keep it in the barbecue realm here. Uh, but uh, we've talked about it a number of times on your past appearances. Uh, the Kings of Barbecue, Barbecue Kuwait. And yes. it was a... Uh, a brainchild of yours where you actually you know, went through all this legwork to get crews and approval and you went over into the Middle East and you were doing this documentary of uh, you know, top pitmasters in the country going over to, to feed the troops and kind of get that whole scope of what exactly is happening and the feelings. And then it grew from there. Then it was getting into you were, you were like personally entering it into festivals and then you started garnering awards and it, it's really kind of built its own life and momentum now, hasn't it? It, it has. It, um, I, I'm very proud to say that we were an official entry in uh, the New York City Food Film Festival. It's actually called the Foom, Food Film Festival, and it is a festival of movies about food that uh, the festival is done in New York City. This was the seventh year. It's been in Chicago for four or five years, and it is going to be in Charleston this year for the second year. So that's a growing festival, very prestigious one that was one of the co-founders of the festival is George Motes, who is the hamburger expert. He has a, he has a, a show, I think it's on the, uh, I think it's either on Nat Geo or it's on the uh, Travel Channel. And um, we, uh, we were featured there. One of, the, uh, one of the real novel things about this festival is the audience gets to eat the food in the movies. Hmm. So if you buy tickets, you're going to be feasting this. The chef from the film, or in my case, you know, the director of the film, we, um, we had my rig on 3rd Avenue in Manhattan, and we had Johnny Trigg and Tuffy Stone and Nicole Davenport come, and we cooked for the 320 members of the audience. Wow. In fact, while they were watching my documentary, The Kings of Barbecue, Barbecue Kuwait, <laughs> they got to eat bird, burnt ends during the watching of the movie. A little better than popcorn, I think. I would say so, and, and also one of the greatest audience brides you could ever come up with. Yeah, right? Yeah, <laughs> and um, the film was a, was a big hit there, which I'm proud to say, and I was named the 2013 Food Film Director of the Year. Look at you. Where's that award so, on the back, man? And, well, you know, that award I took upstate. Because it's a giant silver, I have a house upstate New York, it's a giant silver slotted spoon engraved with my award on it. Nice. And and I have put that spoon next to my other, other cherished award, which I keep upstate in a frame, and that is the, uh, I received the order of the magic mop from Artie Davis. Really? Yeah. I don't think more than 35, 40 people have gotten this. You're literally knighted by Artie Davis or Remus Powers, as he's known, the guy in the derby hat and the black tie and the white shirt. And you have to kneel and he taps a basting mop on your shoulders (laughs) and reads you your elevated status. Wow. Yeah. So that my spoon's going right next to that. Yeah, that's uh, definitely uh, well placed. uh, No doubt about it. We're talking with John Marcus. 
All right, so what's what's next in the life of uh, the Kings of Barbecue, Barbecue Q8? Where do you want to see it? So what's going to happen now is um, we have gotten uh, very good nibbles from distributors. This, this film is not going to end up in a multiplex yeah. because uh, it's not that kind of movie, but because the subject matter is veterans and soldiers and, and barbecue, there's a very special kind of circuit we're going to be putting together for the film. And uh, the plans are just underway now to do that. We're, in, we're expanding the film from 38 minutes up to 50 minutes, and that's what I'm doing over the Christmas break is uh, Alana Uden, who's our editor and executive producer, is joining me, and we're going to make the film a little longer and show a little more of what happened over there. And I think that 2014 is going to be the year that this film is going to be available to everybody um, through either DVD or online orders. You'll be able to download the film, and we're getting that machine in, in, in order now. And uh, it's also going to be on a, on a circuit around the country. So... Um, <laughs> It's got its life. The thing has sprouted wings and is flying on its own. And, you know, my only goal with the movie is to actually make back what I put into it. I don't see it as a big profit maker, but something that can really make people feel good. And that's what our plans are for it. All right. So it sounds like everything is going fabulously well for that particular effort. And so I don't know if we awkwardly segue into the other thing that's happening with you right now, but... uh, a live, like, uh, is it a musical or play? I mean, I don't, I'm not too, like, hip on that whole scene, but uh, forgive me. No, that's okay. Um, it's a very, uh, it's in an unusual category, and what they call it a play with music. Because a musical is uh, a story that you tell through song. That's what drives, you know, when you come to Broadway and see a musical, it's, uh, the songs are really woven in, and they help tell the story. Yep. This is the story, uh, uh, and it's based in Ohio, my, my home state, and um, it is about, the, about the, uh, a barbershop quartet. I, I love old-fashioned stuff, and there's still people out there, very much like the barbecue circuit, there is a barbershop circuit. And my, my play, which I uh, co-wrote with a, a great writer named Mark St. Germain, concerns a quartet they have sung together since high school, and they're at, a, they're at a competition in Indianapolis, and their lead singer drops dead of a heart attack. It sounds, and it is a comedy. I was going to say, it sounds like a laugh. <laughs> it's a comedy because that singer, he did not die until he finished singing the high B-flat until the end of the song. Wow. So the play begins at his funeral, and we find out that they won the regional competition in Indianapolis, and they can go to the finals in Reno if they find a fourth. And that's what the play's about. And I think it, I saw a uh, Vimeo like a trailer clip of it. I mean, you were in it, but then it showed maybe 15 seconds of uh, some cuts of the play. And I think, you know, I don't know if this gives a lot of it away or not, but you... you you have uh, what I would call three Caucasians, That's and then right. it looks like, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there is a um, Middle Eastern fellow that kind of gets into the band as well. Well, he's actually from India. Well, that was my next guest. Sorry, I'm yeah. just trying to be blanketly. No, that's okay. That's okay because because Greg, it's really good that you you that you described it that way because these guys are like three middle-aged guys from Ohio and. 
One of them is highly conservative and very suspicious of things, <laughs> as much of the country has unfortunately been since 9-11. Yeah. You know, we're, we deal with all kinds of bias because of what happened to us. And uh, um, he's mistaken by one of the guys for, for being Middle Eastern. And part of the play is to show that as different as our cultures are, if you're going to make harmony, you've got to be in it together. And um, the play is kind of a, it, it, it turns up the lights in the room so that we can all look at each other honestly and see what our biases are and see all the challenges we have that stand in the way of us all getting along. That's what the play is about. You know, John, I'm always intrigued about, like, the inner workings of things. We've talked before at length about how things are going, like, in a TV show and what happens here and what happens there and what makes it there and what doesn't. You know, as far as a writing process or procedure for this fabulous Lipitones, you know, how does it take place? Are you in a room with Mark St. Germain just pounding it out? Is it sending each other stuff for review and revision and you're, you know, highlighting this and crossing that out? Is it both, neither? I'm just endlessly fascinated with, like, the creative process. Mark St. Germain came to me two years ago, and he, I mean, he's very experienced uh, off-Broadway playwright, and he had a notion of doing uh, a story about a barbershop quartet where one of the singers dies and what they do. And he was calling me for a year saying, you got to work with me on this. And finally, just to kind of stop the phone calls, I went out and sat <laughs> with him. We, we've collaborated before. And um, we came up with the fix. So that was the big arc of the story. And then in the case of Mark and, and myself, what we do is we divide the script up and we each write scenes and then we swap it and we rewrite each other. That's one way to do it. And then we sit in a room together and see whether it's making sense or that it's seamless, you know, so that you can't tell where one of us started and the other one started. Yeah. In the case of t television, when you're writing a sitcom, uh, for the last three days, you're all in a room together pounding the script. So it can happen many different ways. Uh, in the case of a play, there's no deadline. So we can really, we can luxuriate in the time we have, uh, but ultimately we got to get it done. And what is most useful in, in TV and in the theater is you sit with the audience that watches and you listen to where the laughs are, you listen to where it dies, you know, you're just hearing the cricket sounds, uh, and, and then you let the audience tell you if it's any good or not. John Mark is joining me here on the show, giving us a little insight in the creative process. Where can you watch it right now? Uh, where, you, where can you watch, what, the, the Lipitones? Yes, sir. The Lipitones is going to be in Seattle in March uh, at the Taproot Theater. It's going to run for about four weeks there. In June and July, actually July and August, it's going to be in Provincetown at the Julie Harris Theater. And then we have a really kind of, it's not quite, the deal is not done yet, but it looks like we're going to be in Birmingham, Alabama, actually, sometime toward the end of the year. And other places are now considering the play because word is out. It's going to end up back in New York in 2014, and from that point, it's going to really fan out in the country. So you'd have to, like, look at the small theaters in the part of the world where you live, and uh, you'll see it announced. You'll see, or, or you'll see an interview with, uh, with me and talking about how did this guy get into barbecue. John, what about Cleveland? 
I mean, did you know that Playhouse Square Center is the second largest theater complex in the United States? Perfect fit, right? Oh, totally perfect fit. And do they do original stuff? Hell yeah. What are you talking about? All right, I'm writing it down. What's it called? The Cleveland? The Playhouse Square Center. It's the second largest theater district in the United States, John. <laughs> well, Cleveland has, you know what? Cleveland is now going to be on our radar. And we have, uh, we have like uh, somebody who's actually going out with it. And I'm going to call them tomorrow because I want that play to come to Cleveland. Yeah, I mean, that would be, talk about the bread and butter, right? I mean, it's the Buckeye State. It's the rock and roll capital city of the North Coast. Barbecue capital of the North Coast, too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and plus, it is it is revered for its theater. I kid you not. Oh, I believe you. And how many, you know how many seats are in that theater? Well, there's plenty of theaters to choose from. That's the whole okay. thing. So, I mean, there's the Ohio Theater, the State Theater, the Palace Theater, the other theaters that are around the theater location. So, uh, yeah, I mean, what are, you, what are you typically playing in front of? A couple we, hundred? We play in, uh, the show really seems to work in between 200 and 400 seats. Oh, it's perfect. Yeah, so I'm going to be on with my theatrical agent tomorrow, and I'm going to tell him we got to get, we got to, we got to soak Cleveland. Yeah. We got to get up there. All right, I'm going to send you an email as soon as we're done, and I'll uh, get Playhouse Square Center right off to you so you don't forget. Greg, that's great, because b- believe me, it is, I want the play in Ohio where it's really based, and that's my home state, and, and uh, we're on it. We'll do it. All right, we'll look forward to that. Uh, John Marcus joining me. Uh, John, when is the, uh, the new season of pitmasters looking to potentially debut um well here's what i'm allowed to talk about i i kind of spoke to Lindsay and i spoke to the network so what we're going to do um is we're going to go back to what existed the season before this last season and we're going to feature regional styles of barbecue um it doesn't mean that we're going to be traveling to that state yep. but each episode is going to have a theme that's going to showcase a particular area Right now, we know we're doing Texas. We know we're doing North Carolina. We're probably going to do Memphis-style barbecue. And we're not saying that people have to be from that state, but we're we're saying that people have to really know what they're doing mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. that definition. Got it. All right. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty exciting. So it looks like we will be culminating into, you know, the best of each region to see which region reigns supreme. That's right. We'll do six of those, and then we'll do uh, the best of those in the next two episodes, and then we're going to do a, a like head-to-head for the final. All right, perfect. Uh, John, what else before I let you go tonight? Well, let me see. Uh, I just want to tell people that, uh, you know, check out all the, the information should be out there on where to send your videos. And, um, you know, I think we might expand the whole rule we had where we were saying in the past just two people. And I think if you have a little bit larger of a team and uh, you're interested in having everyone there, that put them in the video because I think we're going to probably give consideration to uh, a more than two per team. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, follow me on Twitter, Barbecue Pitmasters on Twitter. I, I've just about hit 13,000 followers. And, and it's a party. Every day's a party on my Twitter. Got to get those tweets out, right, to keep everybody engaged. I, I tweet with great pleasure because 140 characters is the perfect length for a man who has my short attention span. There you go. He is uh, John Marcus. You find him here on this show every once in a while. You'll see him on Pitmasters and uh, Fabulous Lipitones and Kings of Barbecue, Barbecue Kuwait. John, always appreciate the time you give to the show. Thanks for coming out tonight. Greg, I live for the dream of doing the show in person with you in Cleveland. It would be my humble pleasure, sir.
Thank you very much, as always. It's been a lot of fun. We'll talk to you soon. There he is, John Marcus. Again, his efforts, fabulous Lipitones, Kings of Barbecue, Barbecue Kuwait, and, of course, uh, Barbecue Pitmasters, which you can see on Destination America. All right, let's see here. I've got to quickly do something because I am, uh, as they say in the business, late. Oh, all right, I got a better idea. I'm just going to do it like this. Here we go. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with Harry Soup, Slap Yo Daddy BBQ. SlapYoDaddyBBQ.com, the website. Uh, we also talked with Jason Baker, Green Mountain Grills. GreenMountainGrills.com, his website. Don't forget to check out the new Davy Crockett portable pellet grill. Sweeping the nation under 400 bucks. Pretty much take it anywhere you want and 12 volt. So you can invert it at your car, hotel room, RV. And then John Marcus in the second hour. Good stuff. All right, once again, no show tomorrow night. No show tomorrow night. But we will return next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, uh, September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. Everybody have yourselves a happy Thanksgiving come Thursday, and we'll see you back here on Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Until then, it's your program host and proud U.S. American Greg Rempe. Good night now. Mm-hmm.